0: We'll
1: Welcome back, everybody, to the Coach Steve Show podcast. Happy Super Bowl Sunday, even though that's not what we're going to talk about, because before the Super Bowl, we had Illinois fighting Illini basketball game versus Northwestern, a quote-unquote rivalry game with both schools being in the Big Ten, both being in Illinois. They battled today, and what looked like was going to be a blowout, of Illinois over Northwestern turned into a closer game than what we all were anticipating. Illinois was up at 18 at one point. Northwestern brought it back all the way to one point before Illinois started to make shots, chip away, and get it back to a lead. Illinois literally limps out of Champaign with a 73-66 win over Northwestern. So we're going to talk about the game. This is the post-game show of the Illinois Game versus Northwestern. That's what we're going to talk about today. So make sure, please hit the like button and the subscribe button. So like the video, hit the subscribe button on the Coach Steve Show YouTube channel. Uh, go follow the social media account. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, at Coach underscore Steve 72 on Twitter. Go join the like the Facebook page, the Coach Steve Show on Facebook. Uh Wherever you listen to your podcast, it could be literally listened to anywhere. Anywhere you listen to your podcast, it's going to be there. Please follow it, rate it, leave a review, be a friend, tell a friend, all that good stuff. Leave a comment in the comment section down below. And if you have Apple, because as far as I know, this app is not available on Android, go check out ColorCast. ColorCast is a app that is a sports commentary app, or you could do live shows and podcasts Like right now, we're live on YouTube, live on Facebook, live on Twitter, and we are also live on ColorCast. It can only be done for Apple, so if you want to commentate any type of sporting event, it's there for you on ColorCast. If you do podcasts like myself and you want to go live, go live on ColorCast. People can comment. You could have a hot seat section, so if I go on there and talk about how LeBron James is not the GOAT, there's a spot for someone to hop on and talk to me about it, so it's great. Go, Go check it out. Uh, it's great. So go do go do all that for me. Um this podcast is also brought to you by the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. Go to bellyupsports.com, check out all the podcast blogs and media stuff there for you. There is stuff out there for everybody. It's great. So go check it out again, bellyupsports.com. So even before we dive into Illinois, um, I want to talk about Two, a couple things here. One, because I haven't had a chance to get on here and discuss this. I've had conversations with people about it. Did anybody watch a little bit of the Duke-Clemson game the other night and see that thing on David Collins, I believe, where he gets the ball stolen and the player for Duke was running up to make a layup and this guy just continues to run and kind of like undercuts him? And I've had different conversations. Looking at it, I said, oh, my gosh, this is a dirty play and this guy needs to be suspended. For the rest of the year, like there's no place in this. My other thought was, well, if you're going to foul the guy and you don't want, really want to hurt him, if you sprint back, wall him up, hit him with your chest, and he goes moving just a couple ways, one way or the other, or you get thrown to the ground, seems a little bit better. And I know people are like, "What do you mean throw him to the ground?" No, you're not literally throwing to the ground. You're just running, chest, arms up. It's going to be a foul, um, or just run by him and he might miss the layup uh, or miss the dunk because he's going to freak out. So I just want to know if anybody else saw this. It's I. Didn't like it. I didn't know. A part of me is like, man, this guy needs to be suspended. He needs to go. Um, Then I've had conversations with people, and, you know, they have all different opinions of, well, it wasn't that dirty. It was just, you know, he was speeding up and didn't slow down, which I agree with. But a part of me is like, shouldn't have even happened. Uh, Shouldn't even be a thing. Um, So I don't know if anybody else saw it and what their thoughts were. Uh, To me, it's a dirty play because you get the ball stolen, you're taking your frustrations out on the fact that you've got the ball stolen and you're going to take off and you're going to get this this foul that doesn't need to happen and take a guy out, which could possibly hurt. And then on top of it, the Duke bench didn't even, like, run out there. And so my reaction is, yeah, people are going to say, well, you know, that's – keeping your cool, it's, you know, staying calm, cool, and collected. But at the same time, I'm looking at it from an offensive line perspective. When you play offensive line and somebody does that to your quarterback or does it to your running back or somebody, the first person to go over there and try to beat some ass is the offensive lineman. If it's a 10-yard penalty, 15-yard penalty, the coach will say keep their cool. But in hindsight, it's okay, they're sticking up for their team. So you've got to just kind of let it be, just kind of let it go. Just kinda of, you know, that they're sticking up for that. But an offensive lineman does that. So I'm thinking of a perspective of if someone did that to my teammate on the court and basketball, I'm gonna go over there and not necessarily throw punches, but I'm gonna run over there and put them on notice saying you're a dirt that was a dirty move. You better watch yourself because we've got our teammates back and all this other stuff. So that that kind of shocked me. So let's We're going to try to check out this play here and what you guys think of it, if it was dirty, if it wasn't dirty at all. Gets the ball stolen. Now, see right here, he's running, running, boom, takes him out. Now, some people are like, oh, my God, that's not a dirty play. And I just want to go over it again. So right here, people on audio, he's dribbling, gets the ball stolen. He tries to flop, you see. He's trying to act like he gets hit in the face. So first of all, you're trying to flop like LeBron James, and we don't don't need to do that. Don't don't be that way, man. Don't don't don't. Gets the ball stolen. So right here, he is running full speed. Now, I am going to play devil's advocate on both sides here. Right here, right now. Does he think he's gonna go do a left-handed layup? Maybe that's why he's running that way to maybe try to undercut him because of the angle. Okay, maybe that's what he's thinking. But as we see, he dribbles. He's going just straight down the lane. So at that moment, I'm going to say about right here, yeah, he's doing full speed to make a hustle play because he's going to get his butt chewed out by a coach saying, well, you got to hustle, hustle, hustle. But then like right here – If you jump and try to block it, that's going to be a hard foul. and gets thrown to the ground, which still people are going to call dirty. But you'd rather see, okay, we're going to go. Because the Duke player is trying to get great contact. He's trying to get hit. Maybe he's going to get an and one. That's what he's thinking right now. But right there, like, why? Why would you continue So right there, and look, now if he jumps and tries to block it, he is going to go the other way. I don't understand the thinking process here. And then look, boom. Now, does he necessarily like, I'm going to go at him? Eh, kind of, but look, he lowers his shoulder, goes boom. And that, oh my, like in slow motion But like right here, you've got to make that decision of, okay, you've got to make that split like .1 second decision of, am I going to jump up and block this shot or am I not going to go and block this shot? Jump up and if you miss the block, you miss the block. If you get the arm and the guy gets on the ground, okay, that's just a hard foul. You know, I think this sh- this this looks bad. Now, I see both sides of why it's not bad and why it is bad. And you can see the players are like, oh, my God, that's bad. But then the thing is, I'm not saying we need to have a clinch-bearing ball, but you see this, like, they're not doing anything. He's mad. Coach K's mad. He's yelling at them, like, what are you, like, what are you trying to do being dirty? But, and here's another angle of it, like, So from this angle, from the back of it, look, he's trying to not hit him, kind of. It looks like he's trying to pull up, but not. But again, my thing is that we don't need to clear the benches by any stretch of the imagination. Not trying to say that. Not trying to say there needs to be, you know, we're not throwing uh, fisticuffs and all that. Like, we're not doing that. But at the same time, even the players on the court, they want to check if it's okay. But, man, I would have ran up to that dude and been, you know, we would have had some words that I probably – I could say on here because it's my podcast. But at the same time, like, this was bad. And I'm not saying that coach at Clemson said to do this, but this is bad. And either the NCAA, I was saying, had to suspend him or Northwest – or. Our Clemson has to suspend this guy on their own. Here at the Container Store, we believe you shouldn't be
0: limited to just one happy place. Your home should be full of them. That's why we're giving you 30% off every custom alpha space from closets and pantries to playrooms, offices and garages. You can transform any area with alpha and save 30%. Here's another happy thought. Our design specialists will design your space for free. Get ready to discover your new happy place at the Container Store. Visit us in-store or online to get started
1: with a free design. Like, that that was bad. Now, it would have been worse if he actually really would have undercut him, but he tried to stay high, so that's where it's not as bad. But this, to me, is still bad. Still, still bad. There's no reason to do that. And that that split moment right there, he could have just said, screw it, he's going to it's two points it's not a game winning thing it's still early in the game just let it go he was mad about getting the ball stolen you want to make a hustle play jump up and try to block it or if if by the time you get to that point you go I'm not going to get there to try to block it then just let it go just let it go at that point so then it comes out it was reported Clemson's David Collins suspended one game only one game Clemson guard David Collins was ejected during Thursday night's game after versus Duke after he knocked Duke's Weldo Moore Jr. down while mid, mid-air going for a dunk. It caused Moore to land on his back, causing Coach K and the bench to worry about the player. He received an intentional foul flagrant too and was ejected. Clemson coach Brad uh, Bronwell had Collins approach Shashevsky and the Duke bench before he left the court, which ended in a hug, so apparently they forgave him, blah, 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 but at the same time, I think it was real bad. The ACC announced Collins will suspend for one game following the fragrant Foul. Clemson's next game is um, versus the top ACC team, Notre Dame, on Saturday night. So they played last night. Uh, Clemson will miss its starting guard for the important game. Um, David Collins posted on Instagram an apology, kind of, Uh post it on instagram we're getting it to load up here technology is great but again one game to me does not seem like enough and i know some people say well this is soft blah blah blah. there's just a difference between being tough and being physical and then that there's no reason to have that in the game of basketball whatsoever we don't need to have that in the game because that's very dangerous and again, I'm not saying that Clemson teaches this. I'm not saying that at all. But I would have chewed that kid out, and say, why would you do this? Why would you do that? He put I was trying, this is what he said. I was going to try and block it from behind, but I was going too fast and I couldn't stop. I realized I needed to stop when it was too late. I've never been a dirty player, never will. I wish, bro, a healthy season, and I never tried to hurt anybody. But I know everyone is entitled to their own opinion. I have respects towards Duke and Clemson. I apologize to everybody for a reckless play. I'm glad Wendell is okay, which is good. He's glad he's okay and everything else. But the only thing that kind of doesn't make sense is I was going to try and block it. Okay, so like I said in that, and when we showed the video, in that split moment, he was trying. I said he was trying, You could tell he was speeding up. And he was trying gonna try to do something. But again, at that point, he said he's going too fast. He's going too fast. You kept running in that line. If you're going too fast, veer to the left. Veer more to the right. And you won't do that. That's what I don't understand. My my fat ass could if I can't run that fast, but it could veer this away. It's not that hard to start veering that way. And then if you're trying to block it and say he's going too fast, well, jump then. Jump, and if you whiff, you whiff. Who cares? You'd rather be like, oh, my God, remember when you whiffed the block instead of undercutting him? Now, I'm not saying this guy. I mean, I think the play is a dirty play, and what happens is when somebody does a dirty play, we automatically label that person as a dirty player. I think you get labeled as a dirty player if this is something you do each week or there's always some incident every three times a year on whatever sport you're playing, football, basketball. Those type of things. Like, Adamic and Sue has, you know, at times been labeled a dirty player because of stopping on somebody. Uh, You know, whatever he has done, if he does it multiple times, He is then labeled as a dirty player. If it happens over and over and over again on things, you know, this was probably his first time ever doing something like this. So I will never label this guy as a dirty player because there's no other incidents that we know of or has been out there yet of something like this happening. So, no, I will never label that guy as a dirty player. No, he's not unless he does it again the next game. Maybe he does it two more times this year, and then next year if he's back, however old he is, then he does it again. Yes. Then you start to go, maybe there's something here. Maybe he might be a little bit of a dirty player. But I wanted to know what everybody's thoughts were. Should he have jumped, just jumped? Just veer this away like you're driving. Like, oh, there's something in the road. Just start veering this away. Oh just even though you're going too fast. You know, we all we've all driven seventy eight miles an hour. We're like, I'm just gonna veer a little bit this way. We won't touch it. It's all good. It's all good. So wanted to bring that attention um, around college basketball. The only one that mattered to us was Purdue did lose to Michigan this week. So that was fun. Illinois had the big loss to Purdue and then Purdue goes and plays Michigan and had the big loss. So that helps Illinois in the big 10 standings. Um, right now, Illinois, I, whether this is updated or not after everything, but right now Illinois is number one. I mean, they're 11 and three in the conference. I, and six overall and then after that loss to michigan and then with the win today which we'll talk about purdue got away with the one point win versus maryland maryland yet one job but purdue did lose to michigan so right now purdue is 11 and four in conference they're 0.5 games back they're 22 and 4 overall so i mean illinois still has the chance to squeak this out and win the regular season big 10 which again does mean something um but winning the actual tournament. I kind of wish there was no regular season Big 10 winner. I wish this ranking was just for like the Big 10 tournament of like okay, you get the number 1 seed, you're going to have a bye. And then you'll play a lower lower seated team, you know, coming into whoever wins. That's the type of thing I think you need to play for in the regular season. So you could say, oh yeah, ended number one in the regular season for the Big Ten. But like Michigan last year, they, I, I hope Illinois doesn't do this, but they're probably going to when they if they if they win the regular season Big Ten, they're going to hoopla and have banners and everything else. I hope Brad Underwood goes, hey, that's cool. It's cool to win the Big Ten in the regular season. But we technically haven't won the Big Ten. We have to go play the tournament. We have to beat teams. We have to earn this. And I really hope that's the mentality that he would bring in. Um, but Purdue, you know, right now is .5 games back. Um, Purdue did have the loss versus Michigan big time, 82-58. to 58. Like, Michigan came ready to play. So I don't know what this poises for Illinois later on because – they have a tough schedule. They've got to get through Rutgers, Michigan State, Ohio State, and then they'll play Michigan again after Illinois got the win over Michigan. After the whole thing of last year, especially me talking crap about Michigan, Illinois saw has a meek grinder of a schedule, so we're going to see how that squeaks out because I didn't think we saw Purdue losing to Michigan. Uh, and then today, Maryland gave Purdue everything they could handle at Purdue. And so a couple things. One, why couldn't Illinois get this Purdue team? Well, I believe that. Sometimes really, really good teams could play to their team's level. So Purdue being one of the best teams in college football, and people are picking them to get to the Elite Eight Final Four, and people are saying the same thing about Illinois, sometimes you play down to their level. So what I mean is when Purdue played Illinois, they played at an elite level. The first time Illinois played Purdue, they played at an elite level. And then this time, the next time, Illinois did not play at that level. But Purdue did. Purdue looked at it and said, Illinois is one of the top teams we're going to play. They played at that level. And then they saw Michigan, who was near middle bottom of the conference. And I think they played to that level. And then Michigan smelt blood in the water. They're not taking it seriously. So boom, they went to go play. And same thing today with Maryland. Maryland gave them everything they could handle. And it took, you know, came down to a last out-of-bounds play where there was some clock malfunction. Purdue went to run a play out-of-bounds, and you can usually move on the side. Well, this time you couldn't. They, they moved. and It was a turnover, so then Maryland got in. They fumbled around at the end there, and they, you know, couldn't get it done. So they beat uh, Maryland 62-61, uh, to 61. Maryland, you had one job. If Maryland would have done that, I would have put them back more to give Illinois a little more comfortability there for um, try to get the one seed. Russell for Maryland had 24 points. That's a big reason why. And they held um, – Ivy, who came down and hit the quote-unquote game winner, held him to 11. Um, E.D., I.D., however you say his name, held him to 10. And he didn't even have, I mean, he ended up with 11 rebounds, but that guy is, you know, seven foot tall, so he's going to get the rebounds. Uh, But they held some guys to less points than what they're normally used to scoring. So I think Purdue was overlooking Maryland a little bit. Uh, You know, Maryland's only 3-11 in conference, and Maryland's probably in that mode of, we've got nothing to lose. So they just came out and played hard. And that's why, even though teams are at the bottom than the Big Ten, the Big Ten's a great basketball conference, so you can never overlook them. Uh, But... You know, Maryland, you had one job, just one job, to beat Purdue. That's all you had to do. Was beat Purdue. Um, but again, they gave gave Maryland, or they gave Purdue, excuse me, everything they've got. Um, I believe they were winning at times. You know, twenty-one to seventeen uh, at the end of the first half, they were up. Uh, you know, there it's uh, twenty-three to six Purdue. But you know, they kept going back and forth, back and forth. So it was a close game. So. Um, The thing is, you kind of hope Purdue starts to go on this downhill because what has been great for Illinois before COVID and then after, during the COVID season, right before COVID, you know, before they stopped the season, Illinois was getting warm. They were getting hot. And then Illinois last year, they got hot, got a little cool, and then they came back hot. And then this, now we got to see if Illinois can do that. Now Purdue, they've been hot. So now what you kind of hope happens with Purdue is they start to not get hot going into the tournament. Now if you look at the rest of the way, they've got Northwestern, but Northwestern can, you know, they don't lose, get blown out a lot. Rutgers, who has won some games here later, you know, down the stretch. Then you got Michigan State, which is always tough. Wisconsin, tough. And then Indiana's played a lot better. So Purdue doesn't have an easy schedule either, so we'll keep an eye on that because they're 0.5 games back. Wisconsin is one game back, Illinois, in the front. So, I mean, a lot of things can happen. Michigan State's a game and a half. It'd be tough for them to get there, but that type of stuff. Um, so let's go to Illinois, the main reason why we're here. Illinois opened up on the Super Bowl Sunday, so it's been a great day. It's been a great day to have sports. Illinois playing Northwest, and then we got the Super Bowl later with the Bengals and the Rams. This is not a Super Bowl preview. I decided not to because everybody else was talking about it, even though I'm thinking the Rams are going to win, but I'm going to be rooting for the Bengals. I'm going to say I root for the Bengals, but a part of me tells me the Rams will win, but I will be rooting for that. Hopefully everybody can get their food, their wings, their pizza, anything else. Um, before we dive into the Illinois stuff here, Um, you football coaches out there that are in their off season, you're going to start maybe your spring ball or you're going into your summer. We're all looking to get simple. I know I am, you know, uh, I have, I'm going to try to get out coaches on this podcast and I'm going to try to learn some things and get simpler and get a little bit easier. Well, in order to do that, um, for you guys, I recommend that you go to coachstonefootball.com because coach Stone does just that. He has created his back to the basics book series. He has books on a bunch of simple drills because we're, you know, drills, that's where it starts. You know, you have to drill stuff into your players and get them to do whatever scheme you want, offense, defense-wise, special teams-wise. So he just does that. He has strength and conditioning. He has offense. He has defense. He has everything. His very first very first book is over 500 pages. Okay? And I'm going to show it to you guys off my bookshelf here. Right here. Back to the basics book series. Look at this bad boy. Okay? Over 500 pages of drills that you all can use at the youth level, at the high school level. Um, even at the college level, there's something there for everybody. So if you go to com, check out all the books and everything there. Um, back to the basic series on CoachDoneFootball.com. Thank you, Coach Stone, for sponsoring the podcast. And if you guys get the books, just let them know I sent you. That's all I ask for. You know, sponsors it, let them know. Um, and also, football coaches, Well, hopefully I've got your ear. Um, during your guys' season, during inside run periods or just normal drills, I am sure your guys' offensive linemen and defensive linemen – Take a few hits. Those helmets get scuffed up. There's a few hits. They're not leading with their head, but they hit every single play. That's why it's the best position in football. Well, I've got a way for you guys to protect the shells and reduce the repetitive blows the big guys are taking each and every week, and it's Guardian Caps. If you go to guardiansports.com slash guardian-caps, you can find... Um, the cover for the helmet and if you use the code 15 off it will save you 15 percent off your order it's worn by over five nfl teams and over 200 plus colleges like georgia alabama oklahoma and penn state so if it's good enough for them it's good enough for you guys so if you've got the fundraising money for it if the school is willing to get it if you just want to get a couple of them you don't have to buy a big bulk if you just want to get a couple for your linemen that's it and just keep building as you go great again Go to guardiansports.com slash guardian-caps. Use the code 15 off and save 15% off your order. Thank you, Guardian Caps and Guardian Sports for sponsoring the podcast. So Illinois hosted Northwestern on the Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, we had the game going before we got to pizza, wings, uh, jalapeno poppers, adult beverages, all that stuff before we got to all of that. So it's been a great. it's going to be a great day of sports. Um, Illinois came out playing like Illinois can play. And you know, they come out hot. You know, they miss a couple shots at the beginning, and then they started to go. They you know they were hitting shots. Um, you know, at one point it was seven to two, you know, with seventeen minutes. And then in Northwestern, you know, will hit some shots. But what they started what Illinois really did at the beginning that I like to see is well, one, they were going to Kofi. You know, Kofi ends up with 19 points. They were going to Kofi and they weren't really doubling right at first. They were I think they were kind of hoping, okay, if we can He's going to push you. He outweighs Northwestern's guys by at least 20 to 30 pounds. So he's going to push him around. But I think their hope was that they could somehow match and just rotate guys in and get him away away from the block. If we can get him to do the hook shots and try to fade away, he'll miss. And that was not happening. They were going to Kofi. Uh, you saw good diagonal passes from Illinois, and they were hitting some threes. And when Illinois hits threes and they're on like that, they are. That's why people talk about how they can make a Sweet 16 run because if they do that stuff, pretty good. Uh, you know, they really got some length on their team. I really believe um, the loss to Baylor last year kind of opened the eyes, you know, and said, okay, when ba- Baylor was fast, they were lengthy. Uh, Michigan had some length and stuff last year. That's why they won some games. And Brad Underwood said, okay, if we get some length and some speed, we can guard the perimeter. We'll be okay, and so we got some length, and with the length, we can shoot over people, and that's that's why Illinois can be a very good team, is a very good team, and when they're on, they're on, and in the first half, we were cutting to the basket, um, we were driving the lane and kicking out, you know, we were creating these shots, we were doing two hard dribble shootings, that's what was happening in the first half. Um, now, what I saw in the first half, and I even put out there, but going into the second half was. Northwestern was making some shots because we weren't closing out as quickly as we probably should. And I said, if you allow Northwestern to hit some shots, we are going to be a little bit of a hurt and they will come back. Northwestern seems to come back on everybody, but especially Illinois. They play better versus Illinois than anybody because I don't know if Illinois takes the rivalry as serious. I think Northwestern does. I think Northwestern hates Illinois in basketball. Football is probably a mutual respect because it's back and forth. You know, uh, Northwestern's been better the past few years, but I think they honestly do. And so when you allow them to hit shots, and I always say this, if a team gets confident no matter what sport it's in, no, I don't care what sport it's in. They start doing good things. So in basketball and a team gets confident, you'll start turning the ball over when the other team's confident. When they shoot it, it's just going to go in. That basket turns into like a garbage bag, a garbage bin there, and you're shooting the basketball in it. That's what happens when a team gets confident. So, in the first half, I said this and I probably tweeted it. Be careful because when we don't close out and teams are coming after us like that, it's going to end badly or they're going to start to come back. And here's the other thing, and I put it out there about Illinois, and I've said this I love it when they hit threes. But when Illinois falls in love with the three-pointer, we allow teams to start coming back sometimes. Sometimes we're just hitting threes the entire game and nobody can do anything about it. But here's what happens with Illinois. They go to Kofi first, which is fantastic. He's National Player of the Year, Big Ten Ten Player of the Year. Uh, Candidate, it hasn't been voted. Um, They go to him early, and that's great. But then what starts to happen is we are waiting for him to pass the ball out to the wings and the corners and shoot threes, which is fantastic. But what happened against Purdue when we're not hitting threes? And we start forcing things. Things don't go well. And one thing I've said about Illinois is when we start going to Kofi, which is great. But then we stand there and we're waiting for him to pass the ball instead of maybe interchanging, maybe saying a back screen for somebody. Maybe when he gets triple teamed, let's cut to the basket. It's a crazy concept to cut to the freaking basket. But this is what Illinois starts to do. Now, the first half, they were moving. They got to Kofi, they were moving. Maybe they didn't get to Kofi, they were doing movements. They were just running like a slice where they're hand, the ball off, running through an interchange on the free throw line, doing all that type of stuff. And that's what Illinois is good at. They've got the length. They can shoot over people. And if they curl hard to the basket, collapse, Kofi, dunk, all that stuff. When that stuff is going, it's going. But what starts to happen with Illinois is they get a little bit comfortable. Okay? Now, I'm not saying all of them. Trent Frazier tries to do some things. Some of your guys that are experienced, they, they do that. They, they, they understand. But what starts to fully happen is, okay, let's get the ball to Kofi in the second half. And we're going to stand there and watch him go to work. Well, when he's double teamed, it's hard. You better cut to the basket because as a big guy, as coaching the posts in basketball, it's hard when you're double teamed and they're slapping at you. You're not always going to get the foul. They're slapping your arm. They're slapping your head. And they're going after the ball. It's hard to see. Now, maybe you just pass out to the corner. You know, it's an easy one. But wherever that double team is coming from, it's hard to turn and see and make a hard, good pass to a diagonal. Now, the diagonal's open or, you know, everybody when you stand there like, I want the three because we think, you know, everybody watches the Golden State Warriors and we're going to fall in love with the three. That's not what needs to happen. It's, oh, he's getting collapsed. Well, when he's double teamed, they have to rotate the defense over, so that's a hard pass to get it to where they want. So, the person where they get to want tries to cut, then the defender is going to collapse. So, when that other defender collapses, the guy from the diagonal on the three point line should also be able to cut, and you get a nice little two pointer. So, then what starts to happen is eh, maybe they're not going to double as much. Maybe it's not going to be a hard double. Maybe he's just going to kind of see if Kofi turns into the post and pokes it. So, Illinois just will stand. And this is just me looking at it. Maybe this is what they're told to do. Brian Underwood is 180% times smarter than I am in basketball. But I am old school in a way of, well, I'd rather you get the two-pointer because you start hitting the two-pointer, then you start shooting the three, you're getting into a rhythm. And that's what happens to Illinois. Now, if they are able to get those passes and we're hitting the threes like we were in the first half and it rolls over to the second half, great. They're a dangerous team. But we start to get complacent. And then another thing, I love Corbello. We need him to win. We need him to get to the Sweet 16. We need him to even think about competing for that Big Ten title and competing for a championship. But he's missed a lot of games, so he's still knocking the rust off. And I always go back to my friend Logan and uh, on his podcast um, with Craig Cho when they do their Illinois stuff. And Craig, I believe, said somebody had told him, when Corbello plays at an 80, you know, when the knob's at like an 80, does pretty well when he plays at a 100 it just goes bad he will give you he will shoot a ton and bad things can happen (laughs) bad things can happen and you saw that when Corbello is crazy like he's trying to dribble through people and he turns the ball over or something else things can happen and that was happening a little bit in the first half and you predict okay in the second half He's probably going to do the same thing, or this is going to come back and bite you in the ass because you're making these mistakes. I mean, now today, Kerbel only shot three shots. So pretty good, right? Okay. uh Got some rebounds, but it also depends on the moment in the game. So when the, you know, he, he's turning the ball over and stuff like that. So when those things happen, he goes out of control Um, And then Illinois, again, when we get standing and we're complacent, things don't happen. We allowed Northwestern to get some rebounds there in the game. And then we just weren't scoring. We just weren't getting the ball into where it needs to. The double teams were starting to affect Kofi a lot. The triple teams were really affecting Kofi. And then when we don't hit shots, then they start to get a little tense And we go, okay, well, we have to start hitting these shots. So they start shooting them. I believe the announcer was saying, oh, they're trying to play horse. They're just picking, and they're not going in because they get so tense because that's what we were doing in the first half. Because I guarantee you Brad Underwood went in there and said, okay, guys, we're hitting three, so guess what they're going to do? They're going to try to take away some of those threes, but they're still going to focus on the paint because Kofi is big enough and dangerous. Then we start turning the ball over. We start making stupid passes because we're tense, because some of our shots aren't going down. And then we look. See, last year we could look to Io and say, he'll he'll bail us out. He'll bail us out because he does more often than not. And then this year it's kind of been okay. We can give the ball to Kofi and he bails us out. And no offense to Kofi, it's hard because I've talked about this before. It's easier and get more notice when you're talking about getting into the draft, when you're a guard. Because when you're a guard, you can bring the ball up. Whether you're, you know, the small forward, even if you're that guy, you can bring the ball up. I'll could bring the ball up and go create his own shot. Kofi could probably do it, but you don't want your big guy driving the ball up. He has to create space himself. And somebody has to get him the ball. And maybe that's why people don't talk about him getting into the draft, which I think he needs to be drafted. Because a team would love to have a guy running down the middle like that, that's strong enough to combat some of the big guys. He get, he's getting faster and everything else. And once he starts hitting that little mid-range shot, once that becomes better, I think he should be drafted. So then you start to look around Illinois and go, okay, who's going to bail us out? And at times it's Trent Frazier. But Trent Frazier has to expend so much energy playing defense because that's what he's good at. He's good at playing defense. He asserts all that energy playing defense and then has to turn around and say, okay, well, now I gotta bail you out. And that's what's good and great about this Illinois team is as a team, they can bail themselves out as teams, which makes them dangerous because to another team, okay, who's gonna start hitting shots? Is it Trent Frazier? Um, is Kofi gonna go off? Or are we not gonna double him and worry about the three? Um, you know, is Plummer gonna be the guy he ended with 19 today? Is he going to be that type of guy? Is Williams going to hit shots? Is Granderson going to hit shots? So there are guys, is Corbello all of a sudden going to start hitting shots? You know, Sometimes Hawkins can come off the bench and hit stuff. Um, Then like today, Melendez had 14 off the bench. So Illinois can be dangerous in that fact of they don't know who's going to hit those shots against the other team. But then it's also bad because who does Illinois kind of look to? You know, Purdue can look to Ivy and say, okay, that's the guy that's going to help us. And then just in case, see, that's why I said they're similar to Illinois. They, Especially last year with Io, they could look at Ivy and say, okay, that's the guy that's going to do it. And then they go, but we also have the big guy down there in eighty or however the hell you say his name. And he can do that. So Illinois fans, should we be worried? Because Northwestern then brings it back within one. Now, Illinois then started to lock down a little bit on D, keep them out of the lane. They were closing out, and then we finally started to hit shots. We went on a five-minute drought, I believe. Then we had to hit a couple free throws later You know, later on in the game. Uh, we were 13 of 19 total for three throws, which helps. You know, Co- uh, Kofi was three for six. Granderson, two for two. Frazier, two for two. Um, um, Melendez, who had 14, he was six for six, so it comes up big. Free throws are big. So again, you're we're confident in the fact that when things like that can be a little tense, we've seen where like Purdue, when it's close, Purdue pulls away with it, but Purdue was striving to, they could win the national title. I don't think they I don't think they will, but they're built that way. But it's also a good thing to see when Illinois starts to give up a game and it becomes close. We're getting a little tense. Can we overcome that? And we can. We've proven it time and time again and we proved it again today. But what is a little bit worrisome is, the Big Ten is good, but Northwestern is not. Now they they lose close games, so I'm not saying that Northwestern is the worst team in the Big Ten, but you have to think it's a little bit worrisome when this is happening to Northwestern. Now Northwestern's above; they're five and nine in the conference. They're above Penn State, Minnesota, Maryland, and Nebraska. Uh, There's they're six games back from first. They're not going to get close to catching it, so they're not the worst team. It's not Nebraska, who's one and thirteen in the conference. Now, if this was happening against Wisconsin or Michigan State, then you start to try to find some positive and say, okay, that's okay, it's fine. But against Northwestern, and this is happening, it's a little bit, I right, we shouldn't hit the panic button. We're not even close to hitting the panic button because a win's a win, you're going to take a win, and you'd rather go through the tough time now because the big time tournament's going to be tough. The NCAA tournament's going to be tough. And again, going to Illinois schedule again uh, on the 16th here in three days. We've got Rutgers, not a cakewalk. You've got Michigan State. At Michigan State, tough place to play, and Izzo is Izzo. Uh, Ohio State, tough one. They're 16 in the nation. And then Michigan, who is starting to play better, and you're playing at Michigan. Now Illinois had Michigan's number, but you can't overlook that. Then Penn State, but Penn State's at the bottom, trap game. And then Iowa, and I hate Iowa basketball. I I don't mind Iowa football. I hate Iowa basketball. But then you've got Iowa, who is right now 7-6 in the conference, and they're 17-7 overall. Always a tough game, especially, you know, it's going to be the last game at home for Illinois, maybe emotional for seniors. You know, so just this, there's a tough schedule coming up. So I guess you'd rather see them struggle now and see how they handle it. So no panic button. But we have to be a little worrisome of when the three isn't going like we saw with Purdue and we saw today, how do we crawl out of it? How do we adjust when Kofi is getting triple team, how do we move to get the ball? How do we make sure that we're not throwing the ball away? How do we make sure we're closing out better? You know, and these are things that Brad Underwood can easily fix. And whether whether that's exactly what happened, right or wrong, you know, because I'm I'm you know an idiot, but from the outside looking in, because what I'm seeing, those are the things that Illinois will struggle with. And when you've looked at times that they've lost this year it's turnovers, it's we're not hitting shots, um, they're tripling Kofi. We go a little bit wild, whether Corbello's going a little wild. Uh, we make dumb fouls. You know, Payne's made some dumb fouls. He had two fouls within like 35 seconds or something like that. I don't even know I made the number up, but it was very, very quick. One of them wasn't a foul. But those are the things that are happening, and then we kind of – when we get in those situations, there's times we get uh, rise up as a team and we get out of it. Then there's times we look around and go – well, who's going to bail us out? We don't have Iowa anymore. Uh, Frazier is probably our best player, he and Kofi, but they know that. They know he's going to go for the corner three. They can double Kofi, so then someone else has to step up. You know, Plummer can step up and hit shots. So we can be dangerous in that aspect, but at the same time, that's what happens. When this happens, we get in trouble. And if this is happening to Northwestern, it's going to and We get to a Big Ten tournament or we get to that Big Ten title game versus Purdue. That's the type of thing, but... But the positive thing we can get out of it is we can hit crazy threes. We can drive to the lane and make shots. Kofi can dominate in the paint. And when they, when we have confidence, we're one of the best teams in the entire nation, and we can beat anybody. And so when we get confident, we're almost more dangerous than when, like, a Northwestern has confidence. And we got they just got to keep going. And Brad Underwood's going to get them there. He's going to do that. So no real worries because if we continue to – if we win and we go on the stretch here and the rest of the schedule, this meat for schedule, and we win and compete, we're going to be fine. Now, if we lose most of these games and we're going into that Big Ten tourney um, in a bad spot, yeah, then we can be worried. But as of right now, as us Illinois fans, no reason to be worried. You know, I'm a little worrisome when that stuff happens, but they've proved time and time, and time again they can get out of it. So no reason to hit the panic button. We are good. We're a very good team. Um, it is frustrating to watch that when you're up by 18 and then it gets dwindled down to one. That's the other thing is that Illinois needs right now, go home and look in the mirror and find that spark in them that says, and I always tell, I use the expression foot on throat. When you're up by 18, you have to put the foot on their throat and go. You have to put the foot on the gas and never take it off ever. Because a team can come back, and we've seen it. That's happened against Illinois time and time again. But another thing real quick to wrap this up that I am confident in is, back in the day, before Brad Underwood, it happened a little bit under Brad Underwood, but it's gotten a lot better. And it's not going to be every single time. When Illinois is faced with adversity like that, Brad Underwood's leadership leads them out of this. Before he got there, you know, being an Illinois fan, we sit there and we wait sometimes. Now, with basketball, not as much. But when we give up a lead like this, us Illinois fans, we sit here and we go, here we go again, and we just kind of wait for it. Like, oh, we're going to lose it because we've seen it time and time again. We saw a little bit in the Bruce Weber era. Then time after that, we've seen it. A little bit of Brad Underwood, it happens because it happens to everybody. It's happened to Coach K. It's happened to Tom Izzo. It's happened to a bunch of Hall of Fame coaches. It just happens. It's just what's going to happen. You're playing college basketball. You're going up against Division I athletes. It's going to happen. But more often than not, under Brad Underwood and his coaching staff's leadership, they get out of this. So the confident part of that, we have to take and know that when Illinois gets in that situation, they're going to be fine. But as, but again, you can't blame us Illinois fans. We literally just cross our arms, and we sit there, and we wait. And we're like, okay, they got it to one. They're going to have another shot. We're going to lose because we're scarred from back-in-the-day Illinois football games. We're scarred back-in-the-day of Illinois basketball games. We are scarred for life in that, you know, we're a little bit of a PS PTSD and we uh the 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 office, you know, like I'm ready to be hurt again. And that's what we are. But I think we can take to the bank of with Brad Underwood, you know, at the helm, when this happens, the leadership, the toughness, they will get out of it. So Illinois you know, got the win, that's all that matters. We're still with Purdue losing to Michigan, that helps us out. I wish they would have lost to Maryland, help us out even more. I believe right now we're still .5 games in first which is good. That's a good confidence thing. You know, a team needs to get confident. But, you know, next game is going to be on the 16th. Uh, I believe that would be Wednesday. Uh, They will play Rutgers. Not an easy game, but Illinois can beat them. So, congrats to Illinois. It's been a fun season. It's just getting started. So, thanks to anybody that's watching or watched or listening again like the video subscribe to the coach steve show youtube channel the twitter is coach underscore steve 72 facebook page coach steve show uh the podcast can be found anywhere you listen to your podcast go follow it rate it leave a review be a friend tell a friend share it out all that good stuff helps out the algorithm that i don't understand uh thank you guys so much for all of that go check out all the affiliates in the description below thank you guys so much uh go enjoy the super bowl uh go bangles uh hopefully they can pull out the win uh, but I have a feeling the Rams are going to win. But room for the Bengals on the list. Enjoy wings. Enjoy cheese sticks, jalapeno poppers. Enjoy an adult beverage. Kick back and relax. Why can't the game be on a Saturday? Or why can't we have tomorrow off? You know, all that stuff that we debate all the time. Thank you guys so much for listening and watching. This is Coach Steve, and we are out of here. <laughs>